Welcome back to another edition of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast brought to you in partnership with Primetime Production. Today we are joined by Northeastern defenseman Jackson Dorrington. Jackson, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? Um, I'm good, man. I Again, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule. Obviously, I know you got a lot going on coming off a uh, a huge win against Harvard, man. Talk to us. Uh, talk to us about that game. I mean, crazy ending. Um, and now you guys get to go face BU on uh, on Monday. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a great win for us um, to keep the keep the streak going. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty resilient by the group. We were down 2-1 going into or early in the third. So um, and yeah, I mean, Gunnar Fontaine with the OT winner. Right. Like, that's just what he does. Yeah, dude, you like you couldn't have you couldn't have written it any, you know, any better. Like, again, that guy, he's so clutch um dude talk to us about that play i mean again you guys were so resilient all game it was just a battle with uh you know with those boys over at harvard and physical game at that and uh talk to us about what you remember from uh you know finally getting you you boys winning it yeah i mean i saw uh our captain justin coven just coming down the ice and then he, he faked a shot passed it back to to of course it was, it was g uh got yeah. fontaine and then he he finished it and went to go sell you with the student sections, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. Uh, ever, I just gave Knox to our trainer and then joined the, joined the little, uh, whatever the hugs. Yeah, dude. And like I mentioned, it was an overly physical game. And like, I, I texted you that, you know, there were a couple of plays, you know, you, you threw the body a little bit, talk to us about, you know, Harvard's physicality and how you guys were able to match that. Yeah, yeah, they they wanted to get a little chippy, so uh, yeah. I thought I could match that. Like, we got a couple guys that like to play that way, so um, it's always fun playing those games and um, kind of like if they're going to bring it, then I'm going to bring it, and maybe maybe some games it's like our guys are going to bring it and then other teams will have to match too, but like those games are always the most fun. Yeah, like dude, like I said before, like I don't remember who it was, but that – that flop was absolutely brutal. I was like, I thought I was going to get hit with that dude's stick sitting up in the rafters <laughs> section. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, and you guys move on to take on a team like BU. Obviously, they've been, you know, per, one of the top five teams pretty much all year. Um, you know, pretty much all college hockey is is talking about, you know, Macklin Celebrini, Lane Hudson. Um, what's the mindset that you have going into a game where, you know, you're playing, a, you know, a couple guys – Obviously, you guys are, you know, on a heater your, yourselves. Um, what, you know, what's the game plan going into a game like this? And how do you um, look to kind of um, not, I guess, slow down guys like Celebrini and Hudson? Yeah, I mean, like, you always want to know when they're on the ice. But um, I don't think our main focus is just, like, shutting them down. Like, like we have to make sure they're they're worried about us. Um Yep. not not kind of playing toward towards their game like they they have to play towards us and uh like try and shut us down so like obviously you know when guys with that caliber are on the ice but um our whole game plan isn't just shutting them down if you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. and you know i wanted to talk to you too about you mentioned that you this heater that you guys are on you know this win streak that you're on what's been going right for you guys i mean obviously you guys are winning games you guys are winning you know, you're mucking it up. And obviously that was coming off this huge win versus Harvard. What's what exactly is going right for you guys um, as a team? Yeah. I mean, like early in the season, um, obviously like you say we dealt with some injury trouble, but like, like we, we were right there in a lot of games. Like we lost a couple OT games. Like we were right there. Like Quinnipiac lost in a shootout. Um, like we had a lot of chances, lost to BU and OT as well. Um, and now like we got some, we got some puck luck, like we're starting to get some chances. Boys are finishing. Like, um, it was that one weekend we started with Merrimack and then we've been rolling since. So I think everyone's just moved around the ranks great right now. Um, and it seems like every time the year, every time, like it comes around bean pot time, like we start to heat up. So, um. Yeah, dude. Seriously. Yeah. And man, you mentioned, you know, I was at the game and man, your fan section too, like they, they are so passionate about, you know, their Northeastern hockey. And obviously the Harvard section was, you know, the band and a couple parents, but uh, man, talk about playing with, uh, you know, in front of those fans. I mean, they, they were chanting back and forth and they couldn't, you know, Harvard couldn't really match it. Like it was just, it was an electric atmosphere, especially for a five o'clock slate. 
Yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, they're they're there every game. Like they they're traveling to road games for us. Um, there's like there's a core group of of those fans that that would die for us, and like it's it's just awesome. Like having them, seeing them in the stands every night, um, cheering for us, and yeah, I mean it's it's not like any other place. So yeah, dude, it's, and it's gonna be like what what do you think it's gonna be like playing? Obviously, it's gonna be a night game. It's not gonna be that five o'clock slate. It's gonna be literally primetime hockey. You know, BU fans, Northeastern fans. Like, what's it, what do you think it's gonna be like playing in front of? You know, obviously in the garden, um, you're a mass kid. Like, what's that going to be like, man? Yeah, it's going to be unreal. Um, we got to play them in the first round last year, and it was it was pretty juiced for the for the second game. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a whole a whole another notch up. Like both both of our schools have great uh, fan yeah. sections. They're going to bring a lot of people, so. They're going to be chanting from the start of warm-ups. Like, warm-ups is going to be yeah. – that's that's when you got to soak it in. Yeah, you know, and I, I mentioned before you're a masked. You know, you played at Cushing, you know. What, what's your favorite memory of the Beanpot uh, so far? I mean, obviously being being masked guys, like, it's every kid's dream to play, you know, as far as college hockey goes, like, in this tournament. Um, what, what's your favorite memory that you've had, uh, you know, playing in Beanpot? I mean, I, I, it has to be just uh, winning in the shootout versus Harvard last year. It was, it was unreal. Like, you grow up, um, everyone's, like, missing practice to go to the bean pot. Um, I got – I took my official tour here um, to the bean pot. Like, it's – that's all oh it's about. God, like, everyone knows about the bean pot around here. So, um, just getting to win it was was an unreal experience. Is that what sold you? Like being at the Bean Pot, just in that atmosphere. Like what? What was it about Northeastern and its in its program that kind of drew you to ultimately choose them to be your school? Yeah, I mean, uh, like the history, like in the like the recent uh, success the program's having. Um, I wanted to be a part of it. Like there's a lot of guys that were going through like playing pro, uh, a lot of defensemen too. So I mean pair that with being in Boston, having a great academic school, um, great coaches. Uh, and it was a no brainer. So that, yeah. was, that was obviously the, the cherry on top. So, yeah. Were there any other schools that you like seriously considered or was it like, as soon as you, you know, were at Northeastern, you kind of just fell in love and that's all she wrote. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, a, I was looking at a couple other schools, but, um, I mean, I th- like once I got the offer from Northeastern, I was like, I like this a lot. So yeah, it ended up working out. So I was, I was happy with that. I I kind of want to like transition a little bit to, you know, your Cushing days and, uh, you know, talk, talk to you about what Cushing did for you, like how crucial and, you know, how important was Cushing Academy? Obviously it's one of the elite prep programs um, in New England. Um, they're pretty much always a wagon, like, what did Cushing do for you, like, not only on the ice for your development, but off ice stuff as well? Yeah, I mean, like you said, like, I went there when I was 14 years old. I moved away from home. Uh, going to boarding school when you're 14 years old is, like, it's pretty scary. Like, yeah, you're not, you're obviously not cooking for yourself and stuff like that, but, like, you, you have to grow up. Your mom's not there to do everything for you. Um, I did go with my brother. My brother went there at the same time as me, which helped out a lot. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of growing up to do. But like that school, like there's everyone cares about hockey there. Um, yeah, like whether it's our half season team, like we have our half season team out of um, the Cushing rank, and then you, like you go right into the season, like you're playing like 50 games a year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like there's there's tons of kids that go there, like play D1. Like we have five Cushing kids on my team this year which is like a crazy amount. Um, yeah, dude, when you said yeah. that, I, when you said that, I like looked, I had to go back and look at that program. I was like the, you know, the big papers that they give you. I was like, holy shit, there is five Cushion kids. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy. And and just to have like those kids that are motivated that much in high school, um, just being around them every day and having the coaching staff there um, just helps out a lot. And it's all, it was awesome. So, you know, you mentioned your brother being there. Was was it like a huge culture shock for you? I mean, obviously you mentioned, yeah, you're 14 years old. And like, how were you able to kind of, you know, get through that? You know, that because that is a tough time, man. Being 14 years old, moving away from home. Like, you know, what what really helped you? Was it just being able to be around the guys all the time? And, you know, you seem, you know, pretty busy school, hockey. Like, 
what helped you get through that kind of that phase of um, just uncomfortableness and um, culture shock? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely um, just be going to the rink, like yeah, going to the rink every day because um, that's like what you love to do. Yeah. And like that gets you away from everything that like could be like, like you're in high school, like you're meeting new people, like it's awkward, like you might be uncomfortable at times, you're going to new classes, but like going to the rink every day, that's like where you're comfortable. Um, and that's kind of what got me through it. And also having my brother there helps me, helped me a lot. So that was yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, have always, you know, having family around that always helps. Um, you know, obviously you were drafted to, you know, you were just at the Vancouver bees game. You were drafted by Vancouver sixth round. Um, man, what, what was it like when you, when you heard your name and, um, you know, you were, you were selected by Vancouver. What was that moment like? What do you remember from, uh, from that day? Yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. Uh, I just, it was just my family. Like we didn't go to the draft. Um, just because there's a lot of uncertainty. I didn't know where I was going to go. Um, yeah. So we didn't go, but my, my grandma was there and we were all, we we're all watching in different rooms. Um, and once my name got called, I was like, I didn't really expect to be picked by Van, um, but it, it was an awesome experience. And I didn't really, I honestly didn't know that much about Vancouver, just like it being the farthest team away from home. Yeah. Um, you're not really like you're not raw you're not watching like the 10 o'clock games all the time like right. growing up but um just getting to learn about uh the organization the city like they care so much about their program so um it really is an awesome place to be uh, a part of were there any other teams that you kind of you know had a feeling you might go to or was it just like a complete shock that you went to vancouver like did you have any other teams in mind that you kind of thought were interested and just it didn't work out that way yeah, I mean, there was a couple teams, but, like, honestly, I don't even remember, like, exactly yeah. the teams, like, but um, I was I was totally shocked that Vancouver picked me, Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it worked out, and hopefully it works out down the road. Have you had a chance to get uh, get out there yet? Yeah, yeah, I've been out there for development camp twice, so that, that was awesome. Yeah, so as far as development camp, like, what was your biggest takeaways from those? Because, obviously, it's a lot of on-ice stuff, but as well as off the ice nutrition stuff, you know, talking to different people um, within the organization. What were those, those, obviously you mentioned you've been twice now. Um, what was that experience like for you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great experience. You get to meet all the staff. Um, that's, that's like one of the things they really harp on is like, is you're getting um, familiar with all the staff. Um, like everyone's on a first name basis. Um, it's not just like the on ice stuff, but like we're we're doing skills every day. Um, it's all about development. Like they're not they're not there. You're not making the team out of development camp. Like you're gonna show some people like what you have, but um, it's all about like just getting everyone better. Like meeting the other prospects. Um, yeah, I mean it, it was a great experience all around, on and off the ice, and like they're they're teaching you about obviously like all the nutrition stuff all the off ice stuff like if you're in the right training program at home um like what what you wish you look for in a trainer like stuff like that so it, it really does help yeah man and you know with you playing at such a high level right now you know hockey east is some of the best hockey you know in the country right now even you know just in hockey in general um, you know, is there a guy in playing in the NHL right now that you kind of try to emulate your game after or see a little bit in your, uh, of yourself in, um, just as far as like how you play defense? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple guys I like to watch. Um, I like Jacob Slavin. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. He's a, he's a big two way guy. And I also like Adam Pellick, um, on the Islanders. Super well. underrated. Two guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's super great, underrated. Great Those are two um, two good comparisons. But um, just another one, man. As I do these episodes, obviously I've have have had like a ton of local guys on, like yourself. Um, you know, Aiden McDonough. You know, a teammate. You know, another mass guy. Um, you know, what would be your biggest piece of advice um, for kids? You know, younger kids playing the game right now um, who are trying to make it to you know a high level, play college hockey. Um, and then, you know, even above that, like what would be your biggest piece of advice as far as like on ice stuff, off the ice stuff that they should be kind of focusing on? 
Yeah, I mean, like, like I think once you once you decide like that hockey's like your path, like, um, don't just go all in. Like, like once maybe once you're in high school, like you can start to specialize in it. But like, don't just go all in. But like, once you're in high school, um, you can start to focus in, like dialing. Like, you got to be working out in the summer. Like, like it's not just when when you're on the ice. Like, that's not the only time you can work on your skills. Like, you got to be stick handling, shooting pucks. Um, you really got to like focus and kind of like be creative in different ways that you can get better. Um, it's not just going on the ice like twice a week in the summer and like, you're not going to get that much better by doing that. Like there's a whole other uh, realm to it. So. Yeah, man, I, that's the awesome advice. I appreciate that. And like I said, we, you know, we get people that listen to the pod and they, they kind of want to know like, what advice you guys have so i thought it was kind of a cool thing to add on see like what you guys did when you were younger um but that seems to be the popular answer man it's like once you figure out the hockey's your path just to go all in and and you know just maintain that passion don't don't lose that right and mm-hmm. um i want to go back to you know the northeastern side of things man because i'm so fired up for the, for this bean pot um you know what man what's been like the talk in the locker room like you know, with you boys and obviously with your leaders, like what's been the message, uh, you know, getting ready for this huge game? Because this is, I mean, this is as big as it gets, man. Like this BU team has been rolling. You guys are rolling right now. You guys are starting to play like, you know, the the team everyone knew you guys could be. You're coming back from injuries. You guys are getting some good bounces. Like what's the message in the locker room for you guys? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not going to back down from anyone, especially at this point in the season. Like the way we're going right now, like, like they should be backing down to us. Like, um, we, we have confidence in ourselves. Like we're going and expecting to win this game. So, um, we're just going to prepare to do that. And, um, the outcome will, will show itself, you know? Hell yeah, dude. I'm, I'm so fired up for it. And obviously I was, I was at Northeastern for a little bit and then, you know, the, the VA decided to let, you know, tell me I'm not going there anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. I was so fired up to see that OT win, man. I I was all fired up, but um, you know, thank you so much again for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy again, and um, I wish you guys, you and the boys um, just had, I just had Gunnar on last week. So man, it was, was, it's awesome time to have two uh, Northeastern boys on. Um, so wish you guys the best of luck. And I know you guys are going to fucking come out flying and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get out there and get a W. Yeah. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Everyone appreciate it. Yeah. It should be a fun one. Awesome, man. Take care and best of luck to you. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Take care, man. That was just Northeastern's defenseman, Jackson Dorrington, who you just heard from, uh, talking about their upcoming beanpot championship game against the Boston university terriers. Um, unbelievable kid who's having a great year. Um, obviously he had a really strong game, um, you know, versus, versus Harvard in that first game. Um, it was really cool to hear his perspective, um, just on what the boys are thinking. Um, you know, the game plan going in, playing, playing such a loaded team, like, um, you know, like the Terriers of BU and just how to kind of maintain that, um, you know, that poise and that just, keep that same attitude, right? They're on a, they're on a five game heater as we talked about. Um, and, you know, and just, it's going to be such an electric game. I mean, these fans from Northeastern always bring it. Um, so going to be an awesome game. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I mentioned before that we have another interview. Um, this one is Boston University's Aiden Celebrini. Um, pretty similar to the first interview, just getting Boston University's perspective on things. Um, talking about his trajectory, um, cool enough, both, both Jackson and Aiden are Vancouver Canuck prospects. Um, so kind of getting to hear both their sides of things and how, um, you know, what that process looked like ultimately getting drafted by Vancouver, um, and just their different paths, you know, being one being at Northeastern one being at BU. Um, so it was really cool getting both teams perspectives. Um, so I'm going to fire that one up now. So without further ado, um, Boston University freshman defenseman, Aiden Celebrini. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Welcome back to another edition of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. Today we have a special guest uh, from the from Boston University defenseman, Aiden Celebrini. Aiden, how you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, man. I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, you know, taking time, especially on Super Bowl Sunday. 
sure you got some, uh, you know, got some plans. So try to push through. But um, man, fresh off Friday's seven-one win over Merrimack, um, and obviously Monday's huge win over uh, over BC. Um, and then you you guys are on a three-game heater, not to mention. Um, how do you guys keep that same momentum going into such a big game um, like tomorrow? Obviously, the Beanpot, which is such a big tournament for, uh, you know, the Boston area and especially you guys. Yeah, you know, it, it really comes down to finding our identity and, and sticking to it, you know. Um, we've had some ups and downs all year. We've had some some times in the year where we felt unbeatable, some times where we felt like we couldn't get couldn't get a bounce, couldn't get a win, and it's really about, um, Coach Pando has done a great job just sticking to that identity that we've set for ourselves, and um, it it makes sure you don't ride that roller coaster for too long. Yeah, for sure, man. And like you mentioned, you guys are nineteen seven and one on the year, seven twenty two win percentage, and then in conference, thirteen four and one, which is unreal. You guys have had a crazy good year. Um, what's been the message in the locker room? I mean, you, you mentioned not riding the wave too, you know, too long, and kind of staying mutual but like what's been the message from the leaders in the locker room of you know how to stay even keel throughout this year yeah it really comes down to just show how much we care about each other like i mean um there like i said there have been games where we've we've maybe um had big leads and started um taking our foot off the gas or at the same time um maybe losing games we shouldn't have lost. And um, it really comes down to just showing each other how much you care for each other and um, being able to sacrifice for each other. And, I mean, we got such a tight-knit group and um, a group that's uh, got the chemistry and got the ability to do great things. So it's just about um, proving that to each other and making sure we're in it together, you know? Yeah, man. It, and, again, for sure – and you know, Monday was your first Beanpot appear, uh, appearance, right? And, um, you know, as a, as a kid, like, what was that experience like, man, with all the fans, like, packed garden, right? And you guys had the later slate, too, so the entire the entire barn was packed. You hear the student sections friggin' barking back and forth at each other, man. What, what was that experience like for you? I mean, you hear stories, even being a Western Canada kid, you hear stories about the Beanpot. I mean, it's... Uh it's got to be the most special non-playoffs tournament in college hockey. And, I mean, for for the first um, taste of that to be not only that, like you said, but also the BCBU rivalry where we yeah. really, really owed them one, it, it was unbelievable. It was so special. And, um, yeah, I mean, um, it was – great game uh glad we ended up getting the win yeah. but i mean the atmosphere was unbelievable it's yeah man yeah yeah it, it was crazy man like I, I was i was dying so hard at some of the chants man i was like these people like these these students man they're so crazy i'm seeing like brawls in the stands i'm like this is electric but uh <laughs> but yeah man talk to us about that bc win i mean it, you guys started off hot obviously you know your brother macklin had a you know started off hot and 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 kind of as the game went on bc kind of clawed their way back um you know talk to us about that game and what went right for you guys what went wrong um obviously it doesn't matter you guys came out with the win you guys are going to play monday against northeastern but talk to us a little bit about that game and and again what went right for you guys throughout the whole game yeah i mean like you alluded to it starts with with um obviously mac being the being the special player he is, um, got us two huge ones and uh, really got us the momentum. I mean, um, as a locker room, we we weren't gonna we were we were desperate for that one. We we needed that one, and um, yeah, we we were confident in uh, the guys we had in that room, and it showed. And um, yeah, it really. I mean, every time we play those guys, it's it's i mean yeah it's a battle dude yeah every time it's, yeah it's a battle for a reason they're an unbelievable team and it showed i mean we weren't safe at any point in that game and yeah. um but we we stuck to it obviously got some uh some unlucky bounces to 
yep. uh, make the game tighter than we wanted. But I mean, it was, yeah, it's That's they're it. They're an unbelievable team with no quit and it showed. Very similar to you guys, man, that no quit, you know, aspect of, you know, you guys are such a close knit group with that no quit attitude. I mean, um, you know, you guys have played Northeastern twice this year, both being four, three overtime games. You won one, you lost one. Um, what's made Northeastern so difficult? I mean, obviously they're lower in the rankings, but sometimes as, as loaded as the Hockey East um, conferences, that doesn't always, you know, I mean, you got that's why you play the game, right? You know, even though they're lower in the rankings, I mean, you still got to play the game and anything can happen in these kind of games. What's made them so difficult to play uh, to play against this season? Totally. I mean, you look at our whole conference, there's – there's no, no easy games. Like, um, that's why you come to Hockey East. That's, um, that's what makes it such a fun conference to be a part of. And um, Northeastern is no exception. I mean, they're, they're a really good hockey team. Like, yeah. you, see, you see how they play defensively. You see their sticks. Um, yeah, they're, they're, where they are in the rankings doesn't, doesn't reflect how they are as a hockey team. They're super talented. Um, yeah, I mean, they're 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 in the finals for a reason, and they're they're on a heater now for a reason. Yeah, and yeah. So we can't take them lightly. Yeah, man, and and just kind of going back to your group, um, you guys have arguably like I would say probably the best decor in college hockey. I mean, just the guys going down the list, man. Obviously, led by Captain Case McCarthy, who's unbelievable leader. I love the way he plays. Um, you got, your, you know, yourself along with fellow freshman Tom Willander, Gavin McCarthy, haven't even mentioned Lane Hudson, you know, Ty Gallagher, Cade Weber, like the list goes on and on, man. Um, what's it like playing with those guys and, and how instrumental have, you know, playing with those guys been for your development um, in your first year? It's unbelievable. I mean, you can, especially as a freshman, but even throughout my years here, you can you can take something from each one of those players and, and learn from them. I mean, um, like you said, throughout the core, we have excellent, excellent defensemen. And um, yeah, we've, we've learned to, uh, to learn from each other. We've got a, got an incredible competitiveness in our D core. Every, every player knows they can, they can help us win and they're key to helping us win. So um it's been huge to have that and yeah it's it's been unbelievable to uh to go through these games with yeah such a stacked, yeah. stacked lineup yeah man and, and talk about the impact of these older guys especially with like off the ice stuff too because you know you're you are a college student you know your first year you're away from home you're in freaking massachusetts right you're, you're a canada kid how, how big of an impact have they had off the ice just that you know kind of as mentors and kind of helping you through this whole new experience of college. Yeah, they've done an unbelievable job just showing us the ropes. I mean, it makes us so much easier when you have those kids that have have walked the path of um, whether it's, yeah, class schedules or whether it's – Yeah, just being a student athlete, yeah, right? Like Student athlete life, exactly. It's, it's incredible to have um, such – experienced leaders and such great people to kind of show you the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then switching to the offensive side of the puck, um, you know, what's it like going against a lot of those guys? You, you got some, got some company. <laughs> this kid. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. You're good. Um, yeah, man. Switching to the offensive side of things. Like what, what's it like going, obviously, you know, Macklin, you know, your brother's, Kind of everyone's talking about him, and obviously it's his draft year. Um, but, you know, to go down the list of other guys, you know, the Luke Tucks, the, like, the incredibly talented offensive group that you guys have, what's it like going against those guys on a day-to-day -day basis? And kind of along the same lines as, you know, the question of the decor, what has it been like going against them for your development? Like, what has it done for you? I mean, yeah, just like I said about the uh, decor, the – I mean, going up against every single one of those forwards gives you gives you a challenge and gives you a different challenge and gives you a different area you can learn. Like, um, yeah, I could go down the list of all the the uh, forwards that have, um, yeah, just 
Yeah, man, I could go down the list, but we might be here with you know, exactly. A while exactly. With, with this I, I don't crazy have, uh, Yeah, I don't think we have time to to go <laughs> every single um, yeah. talented forward we have. It's it's incredible, and um, it's so great for a D man, not only for uh, just your development, but just for in game confidence too. You play against all these unbelievable forwards in practice and. Um, so you never feel unprepared for the games, no matter what team you play. Um, you've always, you've, you've been practicing at that level the entire year. So it, it makes it no different when you step into those, uh, tight games or those, those battles where, um, playing against BC or like some of those top teams. Yeah, for sure. Dude. Um, kind of switch, like transitioning a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, your brother, you get to be on the same team as him. You guys are both kind of going through this journey together. Um, man, what, what's it been like having your younger brother on the team and just kind of, um, you know, going through this whole thing with you? And and what's it been like seeing him doing what he's doing um, at the level he's doing, being the youngest player in college hockey? It's unbelievable. I mean, right now he's a the favorite for the Hobie Baker Award. Like, what, what's it been like seeing him do his thing? And, and obviously in his draft year, like, when it's crunch time right totally i mean yeah it's it's obviously so special to share these moments with um being those beanpot games with um yeah those rivalry games um every step of the way like have them there by my side and honestly like i'm so proud of all he continues to accomplish like um yeah the the pride I have for how great he's doing and um, and will continue to do, um, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's every it's every older brother's dream to see their younger brother succeed. Like um, we both have our own paths, we both uh, have different paths, but nonetheless, we're in it together. And I mean, yeah, couldn't be happier That's- for him incredible stuff man just being able to i just think about you guys being able to share that moment and i I, me having a younger brother too i I can't even imagine what it's like being able to see you know you know what he's doing at such a high level and the success both of you guys are having together um which makes it all the more special but um you know growing up with your brothers man um what was it like growing up in in a hockey family all you guys are incredible incredibly talented hockey players uh you know any battles growing up and, and you, who usually came out on top on the, uh, in those battles? Without a doubt. I mean, um, yeah, it's <laughs> me and Mac have definitely had our, uh, had our battles going <laughs> one-on-one at the North Shore winter club or little mini hockey. Basement. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, I could, I could tell countless stories of, uh, <laughs> of the many series that have ended up one game wins and losses. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been awesome going from those battles, those uh, one-on-ones, those simulated games to now experiencing those, those tight series and those tight um, games with, with him, with him on my team. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, man. And, you know, getting into, you know, your path a little bit, um, you know, prior to BU, you had two great years at uh, Shattuck St. Mary's, which is an incredible hockey school, just school in general. Um, 2020-21, you had a goal, 13 assists in 42 games. Um, And then 2021-22 is where you really elevated with two goals, 30 assists in 55 games. But sometimes it's not always on the stat sheet what you're what you're great at sometimes those things don't always pop up on the stat sheet um what areas of your game do you like take the most pride in yeah i'm glad you brought that up because that was a really big thing for me growing up i mean um yeah i i uh i was a late developer i mean i um wish I was one of those kids who was uh, top of the pack from a young age, but I had to, I had to work to, to get to this level. And um, the stat lines show it. I, I wasn't a special player when I was at that age, but um, I'd like to think I had a special mentality and 
I kept working. I stuck with it. And, um, and yeah, it's a great, a great kind of, um, look back into, into how far I feel I've come because of that. Like, um, I feel like, uh, I've never been an offensive defenseman. That's never been my game as much as I keep trying to trying to learn that side, trying to build that side. I've always prided myself on being an elite defensive or two-way defenseman. Yeah. Um, but obviously every hockey player wants to get his points and um, yeah, that's definitely course. something I've really been, really been working on. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And, and going back to Shattuck, um, you know, what did that, so what did Shattuck do for your development, both on the ice, off the ice? Um, how instrumental was that school, um, you know, prior to, getting where you are now totally i mean when you're there you're surrounded by elite players and elite coaches like it's it's whatever you want to put into working at your game you will get out at shattuck like yeah. you um it's a great catalyst for for any young player who who wants to wants to elevate their game i mean um and it's not like just going there will make you a better player. Obviously you have to, you have to seek out that, um, that development yourself, but there's no better place in the world to, to do it. Yeah, it's, it's got a reputation deservedly. So, and, um, it's, it's a great place for, for my development, for max development, for countless young athletes. Yeah, I mean, incredible school, like, man, the best of the best. The list goes on of the players that have gone through that school. But, um, you know, last year you were selected in the sixth round, 171st overall uh, by the Vancouver Canucks. Um, man, talk to us about what you remember from that day, getting that call, um, you know, seeing your name, right? Talk to us about that day and, and, uh, and, how, and, how you, and the moment you found out that you were going to Vancouver. I mean, the Canucks were my, they were my childhood team. They yeah, were, dude. um, yeah, being from Vancouver, obviously, uh, my dad having a role in that organization, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was surreal. Just my first thought when, when it happened was just, um, it was surreal to see that all those years ago when I was practicing alone and pretending that I was, uh, a Canucks player, a Canucks draft pick now for it to finally come to fruition. It was, I mean, yeah. any NHL team you go to, it's an unbelievable day, but for it to be the Canucks, it, it was incredibly special. Yeah. That's it. You know, and to be surrounded by your family and everything like that's an incredible moment, man. Um, leading up to the draft, did you have any like bizarre draft questions? Like obviously you hear about these stories, man. Like I've had a few guys on that just, some of these some of these questions that they they were asked are just outrageous. I don't even know how the hell I would respond. I'd probably laugh to be honest. But did you have any uh did you have any bizarre draft questions and were there any other teams that you thought like you had a chance to to possibly go to? Yeah, I um I mean, I think uh coming from coming from obviously the the AJHL and uh being kind of a less less uh high like high round prospect i think it was more just just the basics and just getting to know me as a player in person as opposed to trying to trip me up with those kinds of questions so <laughs> i uh i lucked out of some of the crazy ones but i mean yeah it's um obviously you're you're always um concerned about what you say and um every yeah every player going through that process is, is going to be, uh, going to be thinking about those questions long and hard. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, it uh, had some, had some good, good, uh, interviews with teams. Um, obviously there's, there's talk around draft day when teams are, um, telling you, we, we like you, we see you if you're available and stuff, we see picking you. And so I really, I was, I had really good advisors and really good, um, experienced people telling me like, don't look into it. Like whatever they say, 
good or bad. Like just let it, let it play out how it's, how it's supposed to play out. And um, that was the biggest thing, just not getting too high and low and maybe a team I thought I was going to didn't end up picking me or um, yeah. And it, it made for uh, obviously um, an ideal experience with the Canucks, but yeah, I mean, um, it's never, it's never uh, a relaxing day, the draft right. day. Right. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it it worked out. You know. Well you know enough. what? What you know? What's your having gone through it, man? Like, what's your advice to to Macklin, who's going to be going through you know the same experience? Like, what what would be your your biggest piece of advice to him on how to kind of stay even keel? Because, man, I can't even imagine. I never even came close to that, so I can't even imagine what. The emotions, the ups, the downs, the lows, the highs. Like, I can't even imagine. What would be your biggest piece of advice to him be? Totally. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot less uncertainty for him. <laughs> I mean, um, but, yeah, it's it's a special day. I mean, it's it's the culmination of um, all your all your work, all your um, dreaming and all your sacrificing. Um to get to get to that day it's the day every um minor hockey player dreams of so make sure to don't let the the uh, chaos of the day um steer you away from enjoying it i mean um it was really uh i i remember being very um overwhelmed and um really uh kind of trying to tell myself that where i was yeah. like just just enjoy it it'll yeah. this doesn't change you as a hockey player whether right. yep. whatever round it is whatever whether you get drafted or not um i mean i think it'd be a pretty safe bet to say max getting drafted but i, ho- um, I would hope <laughs> yeah exactly. um but yeah at least for me it was whether i was getting drafted whether i wasn't it was it was really about my process and um, whatever happens on that specific day doesn't change your process. It doesn't change who you are as a player. It doesn't make you a better player or worse player. Um, So yeah, it's just sticking, keep the, uh, yeah, keep your head down and keep working because you haven't done anything yet and you still have plenty of time to prove yourself. Yeah, man, you're living proof of it, you know, like it all works out the way it's supposed to be, you know, working your ass off and, you know, it all works out the way it's supposed to. So that's, that's awesome, man. And um, I, I had messaged you early, you, you got the opportunity to go to development camp this summer, right? Yeah. So man, what, what was that week? Like, obviously you're, you know, you're kind of back home. Um, the, you know, the off ice stuff, obviously on the ice, you, you kind of know what you're getting, the different drills and whatever, playing with the other guys who, you know, are prospects in that system. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from that week? And and what was the, you know, most significant thing you learned um, in that week? I mean, yeah, obviously I was um, fortunate enough to maybe have the, the home ice advantage. With, yeah. uh, obviously skating at UBC and, climbing the grouse grind countless times but it was it was kind of um an amazing uh insight into what it takes to be a professional i mean um obviously you try to hold yourself to that standard as as uh an aspiring professional but to see that standard to be the um the expectation not the exception it's it's really cool to see you're surrounded by players as as determined as you and um you surrounded by people who um they've they're the best in their fields in every aspect whether it's the um strength and conditioning the the medical the players themselves the coaches themselves it's i mean everything's world-class everything's uh as elite as elite gets so um especially with the with the great um, player development team that the Canucks have, it was, it was an unbelievable experience. Yeah. It's awesome, man. And, you know, I always love talking to players like you, you know, that kind of have that, uh, I guess like underdog mentality, right. That's had to work their, their ass off their entire life. They've, you know, nothing came 
easy, right? I mean, you had to work your your ass off. You mentioned like the off the numbers. It doesn't always dictate, but um, you know the numbers don't always dictate the player itself. But what you know, what would be your your piece biggest piece of advice um, to kids who have dreams and aspirations of you know making it to a, to a high level, whether that be college, junior, and professional itself? What would be your biggest piece of advice to them? Be yeah, I mean. The NHL draft was the highest I was ever drafted in major junior in USHL. Like it's really, it doesn't matter how you start or how good you are when you're 14. It's if you're willing to sacrifice everything for the process, it's if you're willing to, um, even when people don't believe that you're, you have a future to, believe it yourself and to um because there's this great um there's this great draymond green quote that i've i've loved to live by uh throughout my career it was um him talking about um being the greatest defender in the world and he was saying if i don't believe i'm the greatest defender in the world what's the point like Nobody else yeah. will, you know. Yeah, dude. You you have to prove it to everybody and yourself that you can make it happen. And um, I love that, dude. There's, there's still a lot to prove for me and for um, all my teammates. Hell yeah, man! I love that. Well, listen, man. Um, you know, I wish you guys. I, I can't wait. I'm hoping I can be there. You know, for the game. Um, I wish you guys the best of luck, man. I mean, you guys have been playing unbelievable hockey and, uh, you know, I wish you guys the best tomorrow. Um, and before we go, I got to ask, man, whether it be being Super Bowl Sunday, um, you got any, uh, predictions on the game, whether team scores or, uh, uh, MVPs of the Super Bowl, you got any uh, predictions? I mean, I'm a, I'm a Cali boy now, you know, the family's down in, uh, down in the Bay now. So I got to roll with the Niners and. Right, um, I mean, seeing Brock Purdy, seeing, uh, his story and, um, I mean, he's an inspiration for a guy like me. So, uh, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see him get it done and, and, uh, pick up that, pick up that hardware. I could not agree with you more, man. I'm, I'm rolling with the Niners too, but, uh, Aiden, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, obviously best of luck tomorrow, best of luck the rest of the way, um, I wish you and the boys, you know, nothing but the best and success um, the rest of the year. So I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. I really appreciate you. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, man. You too. That was Aiden Celebrini, defenseman for the Boston University Terriers. Um, Aiden and the rest of the Terriers are going to be taking on the Northeastern Huskies tomorrow at the Garden in the Beanpot Final. Um, that game is going to be at 7 p.m. You can catch that on Nesson. Um, going to be an awesome game. I, I Two absolutely just great teams. I mean, this hockey East is absolutely loaded, and I, I couldn't be more excited for this game. Um, so, yeah, that, that concludes today up, today's episode. Um, obviously, you can you can subscribe to us on, on all platforms that you listen to, um, you know, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google for, I believe, until April, until they go away. You can also subscribe to our YouTube at Drop Mids Hockey to catch all these interviews. Um, we have them split. So even if you just want to watch the interviews itself, um, you can catch all those. But unbelievable, another unbelievable episode with Aiden, um, obviously talking talking about his brother Macklin, um, his journey, um, getting to the NHL, getting drafted, um, and obviously just talking college hockey and BU Terriers. So um that concludes to, uh, episode 32 of Drop the Mets Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with the one and only Primetime Productions. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a it's a two-parter. Um, so, yeah, the rest of it's going to be, you know, NHL talk. But we had, obviously, Jackson Dorrington, um, Northeastern defenseman, talking Northeastern side of things. Um, and then, obviously, Aiden today on Super Bowl Sunday. So, um, you know, I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. Um, you know, I hope you guys are all having a great time with family, friends, um, and being safe out there. But, um, yeah, that concludes today's episode. And go Niners. 
Um, take care, guys. Welcome back to this edition of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership by the one and only Primetime Productions. Uh, awesome episode. I mean, this was kind of one of those things. I didn't know how it was going to work. Just, in, just in, you know, trying to get both sides of, of you know, Northeastern's perspective on the bean pot, um, as well as Boston University's. It's going to be a huge game tomorrow. Um you know, I, I started off doing the interviews and kind of wanted to do my um, little breakdown of of this game that's going to be happening uh, the same day, Monday. Um, you know, I, that was my plan. Drop this episode. Obviously, the bean pot's going to be happening at night. Um, you get to hear both perspectives, both teams, um, Northeastern's uh, point of view on things, BU's point of view on things. Um, and obviously... This episode's going to be dropping on the 12th of uh, February, um, same day as the Beanpot final. So it was so super cool to get both sides um, just to talk about where both teams are at. Um, and obviously this Beanpot is such a huge game. I mean, all, all things aside, you know, BU sitting at third, um, third, you know, ranked in the country and Northeastern's a little bit towards the bottom, but in a game like this, especially, um, you know, what rides on this game um, with Northeastern sitting kind of at the bottom there, they are on a five game heater. They're playing really good hockey right now um, as is BU um, having a convincing win over Merrimack on Friday. And then obviously having that win over at Boston college um, four three in the Beanpot semifinal. Um, two very, very good games um, starting off with the Northeastern Harvard game. Um, just, Great hockey back and forth, you know, Northeastern goalie Cameron Whitehead um, coming up huge for the Huskies. Um, he's playing really well right now, um, obviously, most notably making that huge stop um, on the penalty shot that was given um, to Harvard, um, along with, you know, Gunnar Wolfontaine, who, you know, <laughs> unbelievable kid. We had him on the pod literally the week of the semifinals. Um you can just tell how determined this kid was, um, how much how much this bean pot means to him. Um, it's probably it's going to be his last one, um, and yeah, and you could just tell how how important it is to him. Um, and I can only imagine what it means to the rest of his team. Um, he scores the overtime goal, um, sending Northeastern to the final three two over Harvard. Um, I mean, man, being in that crowd, being up, you know, sitting up in the rafters at the Garden. Um, just seeing how passionate that Northeastern fan base is was incredible to see. I mean, it, it really kept you in the game. Um, just just awesome to see, you know, the student section, how passionate they are about their hockey um, and about the boys that put on that Northeastern sweater. Um, I'm really excited. Um, and then kind of switching over to the BU side of things. Um, huge win, right, over Boston College, 4-3. Macklin Celebrini scoring two quick goals, um, the first of which was an absolute piss missile. Um, you know, and they they took the lead. BC was able to crawl their way back. Um, you know, they they put up a really good fight. Anytime you get these hockey East matchups, it's always a battle. It's always phenomenal hockey. It's it's the best of the best in college, in, in my opinion. Um, and and ultimately now we get a BU. Um, Northeastern final. And I, this is going to be an incredible game. I'm, I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be physical. Um, but ultimately what I think it's going to come down to is goaltending. Um, I think that's, it sounds pretty obvious for me to say, but um, they got two goalies, you know, in this game that, you know, I'm, I really like Matthew Caron, who I suspect is going to be the starter in, in this game, along with Cameron Whitehead for Northeastern. I think this game is going to come down to which which goalie can steal this game for you know their respective club. Really excited. Um, it's phenomenal hockey. I mean, geez, this this Northeastern team is rolling. Um, you know, they're getting scoring from from everyone. Their leaders. Um, you know, we just had Jackson Dorrington on. He's been a physical part of that defensive core. Um, Cameron Whitehead's playing well as of late. Um, and then on the BU side, I mean, let's, let's not, the first thing you think of, right. Is Macklin Celebrini, what he's doing as a 17 year old playing in college hockey, probably going to win the Hobie Baker award. Um, and then it doesn't just stop there as far as, um, how skilled this team is. I mean, 
you know, Matthew Caron is a, a good goaltender. Um, he's, he's stepping up for this BU team. And then obviously their defensive course, starting with Captain Case McCarthy, who's obviously great leader for this team. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big Case McCarthy guy. Um, and then, you know, three freshmen that they have that are playing significant minutes um, in Aiden Celebrini, who we just had on awesome kid. Um, super excited to see him play um, and see what he does. Love his story. Um, obviously getting drafted by Vancouver, being from Vancouver, such a cool story. Um, along with fellow Vancouver Canucks draft pick, Tom Willander and Buffalo Sabres draft pick, Gavin McCarthy. Um, guys, I didn't, I haven't even mentioned, which is insane to think about Lane Hudson, who is probably the best defenseman in college hockey at the moment. Montreal Canadiens draft pick. I mean, I know the Habs are super excited for this kid to, you know, make his debut in the NHL. That when that will be, I have no idea. Um, along with Bruins prospect uh, Ty Gallagher and Cade Weber, um, th- three defensemen with beanpot experience. That's going to come up huge for these guys. And then obviously on offense, man, I I could spend the rest of this episode talking about how how lethal this team is. Um, starting with Macklin Celebrini, what he's doing as a 17-year-old, taking college hockey by storm. the Without a doubt, is going to be the number one pick in this draft, um, this upcoming draft, the 2024 class. Uh, he has distanced himself as that unanimous number one choice. I don't see a scenario where he does not go number one. It would take, I mean, knock on wood, injury, would never want to see that. Um, the way he plays, I've said this a lot, and I mentioned it on uh, one of the last episodes with Pierre Maguire. There's a few guys um, in the NHL, in college, you know, in talking to my dad about this kind of thing. Players that you watch on TV, that when you go to see them in person, the TV just does not do a justice on how good, how fast, um, as far as skating speed the way they think the game, um, the TV doesn't do it justice. And Macklin Celebrini is exactly one of these guys. And, man, watching him buzz around the ice, always knowing where to be, um, especially putting himself in the best positions possible to create opportunities for this team. I mean, he's he's always – you can tell his his mind is just well above and beyond, you know, other guys. It's, it's incredible to see. Um, and that shot that he has is incredible. I I had no idea that his shot was this fast and this heavy. Um, you know, speed is one thing on a shot, but he has a heavy shot. Um, and it just just incredibly talented. Um, I can't wait to see what he does in this game. Obviously, with you know, gonna be a full crowd there. Um, you, Northeastern didn't really get the opportunity to play in that full um uh, full garden. They're they're gonna get that opportunity tomorrow. Um, obviously the fan bases are going to be barking at each other back and forth. It's going to be great, great game. Um, I mentioned, um, this, it's been a one, one split in this, uh, you know, this year, Northeastern BU, um, both being four, three overtime wins. Um, sorry, not overtime wins. Northeastern took one BU took the other. Um, they've played them tough. I mean, both teams, I mentioned this talking to Aiden. Um, games like this, you know, players really all records, stats, everything kind of go to the wayside, and it's a new hockey game. That's why you play the game, right? And you know, these kids come up, get up for these kind of games. You know, in conference hockey, Boston hockey, bean pot hockey, they like anything can happen tomorrow, right? It, it's a new, a new season, a new everything. And, you know, Northeastern's on a phenomenal five-game winning streak. They've been playing great hockey. Same with, uh, you know, BU with a a convincing 7-1 win over Merrimack on Friday and um, their win over BC. So I'm really excited about this game. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview, you know, those two interviews um, with Jackson Dorrington and Aiden Celebrini, both Vancouver um, Canuck draft picks, um, both going to be playing in tomorrow's game. Super amped up for it. Um, so that does it for Beanpot Talk. And I'm going to go very um, kind of quickly into N- NHL news and notes. Um, 
for for the you for those of you who watched the game on Saturday, obviously I'm recording this on Sunday. Um, Ridley Gregg of the Ottawa Senators pulled an absolute rock star move. Um, obviously, Ottawa the Ottawa Senators beating the Toronto Maple Leafs um, with an empty net. Ridley Gregg decides that it's a good idea to go down below the dot and rip a Howie. Um, I thought it was absolutely uh, absolutely hilarious. Mixed reactions across, you know, the Twitter world, um, you know, whether analysts, whatever. You know, my reaction to it is, you know what, we 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 talk about and we want players to, you know, show who they are and, and show a little bit more personality. And, and I'm okay with that move. Um, it is what it is, but you, you have to be ready for the repercussions. Um, you can't think players are just going to stand there and, and allow you to do that. With that being said... There is no place to be cross-checked in the head. Absolutely not. If you want to drop the gloves, drop the mitts, go at Ridley Gregg. Okay, great. You know, kind of show that you felt disrespected by that. That's one thing. But to just get a skating start and to just barrel and, and cross-check someone in the head, I I can't get behind that. Um, I, I just can't. What Morgan Riley is going to get for a suspension, I don't know. I look at David Perron's suspension, and I could honestly see him getting six games, maybe a little bit more. I've seen the numbers of 10 to 15 games. I think that's insane. I, I think that's too much. Um, I, I I can't see that happening. I think six is a fair number. Um, and like I said, it's one thing to you know show that you felt disrespected by that, drop the gloves whatever scrum at the end of the game, but a cross check to the head is kind of where I cross the line. Um, so we'll see what happens. That decision will probably be um, tomorrow, Monday, um, the 12th. We will see another suspension that we saw this weekend. Uh, Nikita Zadorov was suspended two games for a hit to the head on Lucas Raymond. Um, this hit was a little more, um, unorthodox. It was a little, I don't know how to, it didn't look as bad. I mean, it looked bad the way Raymond went down, but I don't think Zadorov necessarily had the intent to injure. I think it was just that Zadorov is such a significantly bigger guy than Raymond that I think it was just unfortunate the way that that hit happened. Um, so he goes off for two games. Um, he'll be back, um, obviously on Thursday, um, some, some disappointing news, uh, for the Tampa Bay lightning, they lose, uh, Mikhail Sergachev, um, probably for the season that news has not come out yet. Um, the Tampa Bay lightning announced on Thursday that Sergachev underwent successful surgery to stabilize fractures to his left tibia and fibula. Um, so great, significant in injury, brutal injury. Um, this guy just can't catch a break. It's, it's so sad to see. Um, obviously, he had an emotional Instagram post um, that was really tough to read. You never want to see a, a guy go through that. Never mind a 25-year-old that, you know, is just coming in, you know, making his name in the league and has proven to be a solid, solid defenseman at the NHL level. Um, you know, he left on a stretcher in Wednesday's 3-1 loss against the Rangers. It, you could tell it just looked bad. Um, I do not recommend anyone go watch it. I, I just, I, I never do well with those kind of injuries. Um, but anyways, you know, we're, we're hoping for a speedy recovery for uh, Mikhail. Um, hopefully he can come back bigger, you know, better, um, stronger than before. Um, wishing him a speedy recovery. Moving on to um, an awesome moment that we saw um, Mark Andre Fleury flower um, 1000 games in the NHL um, gets the win over none other than the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and I hope you guys got the opportunity to watch the tribute because it was incredible. Um, the, what his family had to say about him, former teammates, um, it just goes to show how well he, how, how much he is loved in the NHL amongst his teammates, uh, opponents, leadership, you know, coaches, um, this guy is, he's a once in a lifetime player in this league. And, and I very well believe 
that we may never see a 1,000, a goalie with a thousand games again. I, I think that's insane. I mean, especially the way that, you know, teams are, are going to the, the one, two tandems. Um, we ve- we very well may never see a 1,000 game goaltender again. Um, it was a great, you know, obviously he gets that one over Pittsburgh. Um, you couldn't have written it up any better. Um, you know, Flurry Flurry earned his 553rd win. Um, so they were honoring him. He passed Patrick Waugh for second all uh second all time in wins. He only trails Martin Brodeur. Um, granted, Martin Brodeur has 691 wins, so I'm I'm not sure he's going to obtain that, but that is pretty special company. I mean, that is the best of the best. Um, you know, and, and, and to get it against the team that he had so much success with um in Pittsburgh with the Stanley Cups. Um, you know, Sid obviously has tremendous love for him still. All those guys, that core um, that was so dominant for so long. Um, so, so cool to see. I, I loved watching that. The tributes were beautiful. Um, and it was well-deserved. Uh, moving on to um, today, Sunday, um, I want to congratulate the 2024 U-17 uh, United States team who won uh, the Five Nations Tournament. Um, they came out victorious as champions. They defeated the uh, Chechia team 5-4 on an overtime goal by University of Minnesota commit LJ Mooney, um, who's unbelievable. If you guys ever get the chance to watch, um, you know, go on YouTube and, and search this kid. He's going to be he's going to be a, a problem at the college level uh, next year. Um, t- he obviously committed to the goal to play for the Gophers. Um, incredibly talented. He gets the game winner in this game. Um, again, congratulations to these guys. I mean, they've been so good all year. Um, hoping to get some of them on the pod, um, to talk about this championship win. Um, three come from behind, um, wins, you know, that, that's a gutsy performance. That's a, that's a gutsy tournament. Um, so yeah, you know, huge congratulations to them. Um, Love to see it. Love to see the U.S. come out victorious. Um, just incredible stuff. With that being said, um, that kind of wraps everything up. Um, I will be at the Beanpot Championship tomorrow. Super excited about it. Um, hoping to give you guys live updates, video, everything. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the two interviews with Jackson Dorrington and Aiden Celebrini. Two unbelievable guys. You know, I wish I wish both team teams could win because they're just two awesome guys. Um, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. I think it's going to be an incredible game that comes down to goaltending. Um, uh, if you guys want to watch, it will be on Nesson. Um, you can catch it at 7 p.m. Um, definitely recommend tuning in because I think it's going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. Um, so that wraps up. Drop the Mitts, episode 32. I can't believe we're already at 32 episodes. Um, for that, I want to thank you all um, for listening, continuing to support. Um, and, you know, again, be safe out there and take care. We'll see you next time, guys.